It's a Wednesday edition of PFTOT. This is the show that we do after PFT Live ends. We have about four minutes, sometimes five, sometimes six, to reset and regroup. But we get right into it. We talk about things we either didn't get to during PFT Live or things that we would like to talk about in more detail. And we want to begin today, Chris, with something that we just kind of mentioned on the way out the door to end PFT Live. And that is the quote from Broncos defensive lineman Derek Wolf from the OTA availability that happened on Tuesday, talking about Vic Fangio, the team's new head coach, and explaining that in Wolf's assessment, Fangio fills a leadership void that was created by the departure of Peyton Manning more than three years ago. When Peyton's around, he's the leader, Wolf said. He runs the show in the entire building, it seems like. Once you lose a guy like that, there's a space that needs to be filled. That's the kind of guy this team needs. A guy like Vic, he comes in, and he's a no-nonsense, old-school type of guy who still likes to have fun. You just respect him. He's got the resume to respect. He demands the respect right away when he walks into a room. I don't know whether Wolf intended it to come off this way, but what an indictment that is of Gary Kubiak, the head coach of the team, after Peyton Manning left for one year, and Vance Joseph, the guy who was the coach for the last two years. Because... If your quarterback is going to have a greater presence and be a greater leader than the head coach, you got the wrong coach, don't you? Yeah, I mean, yes, you do to a degree. There's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah, that doesn't say a whole lot about, yes, what has been there. You know, Gary Kubiak, again, I think he is a leader in a lot of ways. I think he's a little bit of a quiet guy, so he's not necessarily going around the locker room, maybe making himself known, whatever it may be, a little different that way. Now, Kubiak, I will say this to defend him, he brought some toughness to that Denver Bronco team that they needed and they won the Super Bowl in 2015 because he was determined to run the ball and play that style of football and not make it all about Peyton Manning and passing yards and he played through his defense which was which of course was proven correctly but yeah I think Derek Wolfe is saying there hasn't been that presence uh, around the team since Peyton Manning left the guy that yeah when he's in the locker room uh, everybody's kind of out of the corner of their eye or listening to hearing what they have to say when they do speak up or give advice everybody listens to I certainly Vance Joseph did not look like he filled that void they haven't had a quarterback there that can fill that void the Trevor Simeons and the Case Keenums of the world are not capable of that so uh, I get it but the one thing I'd push back on Mike and too I mean Wade Phillips was there in 2016 I do think he was a leader but maybe he's talking about maybe something overall team-wise or the offensive side of the ball which is that's where the quarterback and head coach come into play yeah, but Wolf's a defensive player. I mean, I think from the standpoint of somebody who takes over and is the visible general of the team, that guy that we all look to when things are going well, and more importantly, when things aren't going well, that guy who holds everyone accountable. There's so much talk about leadership issues with Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers this offseason. It's a given that Peyton Manning, no, no matter what you think about him as a player, he was a leader unlike arguably any other in the history of the National Football League to the point where you know he took over everything and, and maybe to the point where it it irritated John Elway that he was trying to do too much because when, when you're a guy who wants to take over everything, sometimes you just don't know your place and you need someone to say, look, this isn't your job. 
we'll handle that part of it. You just worry about the things that fall under your umbrella. But Peyton Manning has that presence, and yes, Peyton he Manning does. lifted the organization. And and I just think the fa- and I don't think Derek Wolf is thinking of it this way. Right. But by articulating it the way he did, it yes. really was a slap at Kubiak and Advance Joseph. Yeah, no, it really I, was. I, you're right. It was. I don't think he was trying to make it that way either. I mean, I would be shocked. Uh, it, but again, I you know we have to make sure we recognize it. Peyton Lan- Peyton Manning. I mean, come on, it's one of the greatest leaders in the history of football. I mean, really, there's there's no other way to say that. You know, this is a guy who went to the Super Bowl with four different head coaches. I think that's one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever seen in sports history. Uh, he lifted the Colts up almost from the get go when he was there, and yeah, he's a special special. And you know, like you said, despite what you think about him as a player. Well, there should be even no like conversation there. I mean, Peyton Manning's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. I don't care who you ask in the NFL. I think there are pl- there are plenty of people who thinks that he choked in the postseason too often. Yeah, I know, and that's just so wrong because you know the reason they were overranked in a lot of those postseasons were because Peyton Manning was magical uh, in the end of regular season games, and he made the teams fourteen and two and thirteen and three because he was so great when they were really like ten and six, nine and seven. 11 and 5 type football teams that probably should have been in the wild card but Peyton was so good that he got them a first round bye and then they didn't live up to expectations of course because the playoffs are different and everybody blames Peyton Manning which I don't think is fair either yeah, but the bottom line is yeah. no one can say he wasn't a great leader. No, he was right. so great of a leader that he overshadowed his head coach in Denver and made it impossible for anybody to fill that void until... I mean, the good news for the Broncos is this. They now have a guy that Derek Wolf looks at and says, this is another Peyton Manning from a leadership standpoint. That is the best news the Broncos have had in a long time. All right, we can't talk about Peyton Manning without talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, and 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 I'm I'm going to... I'm going to pose a question to you after I tell you what the news is as it relates to Tom Brady. There was a laser pointer at the AFC Championship game that was being directed at Tom Brady, and they found the culprit, and it turned out to be a 64-year-old Chiefs fan. Hey, man, I, I, I like it when, when the uh, senior members of, of uh, the society are causing the same kind of trouble that the young kids cause. Let's go. Hey, it, hooliganism knows no age limit, Chris. So 64-year-old fan has been cited for disturbing the peace, for shining the laser pointer in the face of Tom Brady during the AFC Championship game. Dwyane Morgan faces a a year in jail and a fine of $1,000. He's probably not going to serve any time in jail. That's just what the maximum penalty is. But he has been banned from Arrowhead Stadium for life. Yeah, he should be. And and look, there's no place for any of this, but... Tom Brady reacted to it very well. I wonder how Peyton Manning would have reacted if he was getting a laser pointer shined in his face. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yes. I mean, of course, they won the football game, so that's a positive. And, of course, I think uh, makes things easier to deal with that way or at least looking back at it from Tom Brady. But I just – what? I mean, what? Are you – what the hell is going on in the world? That's what I want to say. 64-year-old man. Hmm, I'd like to think you had matured at some point within the last 34 years. I mean, holy crap. What a great example to set for young people and young kids that are maybe were around you sitting there in the game. Hey, look, kids, I'm some jerk in the stands, and I'm going to try to ruin the game and make it unfair for one of the guys by shining a laser in his eyes. Uh, Just not acceptable by any stretch of the imagination. I'm so glad the Chiefs banned him for life. The guy's a loser, and that's all there is to be said about that.
And, and you know, it's funny. We, we had the clip from the KISS concert in Nashville last night as part of our hockey promo on PFT Live because they're, they're starting the Stanley Cup playoffs in Nashville tonight. Uh, one night after they had to, you know, reset after the KISS show. And we played a little clip of how big the, the crowd was and whatnot. There was once a time where Paul Stanley, the front man for KISS, had a laser pointer issue. And it's happened a couple of times. At one point, he, uh, he told the, the guy who pointed the laser pointer in his face, your mom's waiting with the car running. Don't come back. And another time he said, if you do that again, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to shove it up your ass. Yeah, so, I love uh, it. That that's that's the way to deal with that kind of disruption. Tom Brady, though, classic Tom Brady, unaffected, unfazed, unflustered, just went about his business and took the Patriots back to another that's right. Super Bowl. All right, we're going to move on to the next topic here. And this one deals with one of the subjects we addressed during PFT Live, the possibility of a Russell Wilson trade as thrown out there by former Raiders and Jaguars coach Jack Del Rio. He said, don't be surprised if that's ultimately what happens. And one thing it would do for the Seahawks, it would give them some draft picks. John Schneider, the team's GM, complaining about the fact that they only have four picks and would like to have more. Now, the reason they only have four is they traded them away. But you're down to four picks in a seven-round draft with compensatory picks on top of it. That, that's not the way you build your nucleus over the long haul of young, cheap guys. I don't know how they're going to get more picks short of trading Russell Wilson, but uh, that, that, that can really hurt a team's overall growth and development when you limit the size of that class of players that really does provide the backbone of the team well into the future. Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. And I mean, again, this was a team that was built that way. Let's not forget it. It was built with young players and deep drafts and getting guys like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor later on in the draft, the middle rounds uh, that were special difference-making type players. I mean, yes, that's where the Seattle Seahawks made their name. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. You go on with it. You know, yes, we know a lot of the names from the Seattle Seahawks and their superstar players that they had here in recent history, but they were not viewed that way coming out. The Seahawks didn't have to, you know, spend a lot of money or, you know, trade a lot of assets to get a lot of these players. They did it through hard work and great evaluation. And I think that Pete Carroll and John Schneider probably both believe in themselves that they can do that again. I mean, they kind of proved it to us there last year that they had guys that were young and coming up the ranks that were ready to fill in for the missing Michael Bennett's and the Richard Sherman's and everybody else uh, that came along this year and played well for that football team. So they obviously know what they're doing. But yeah, they're in a tough spot right now. What do they do? Are they going to trade down in round one to acquire more picks? Are they going to make a trade of some player on their team that we don't realize? I mean, I don't think it'll be Russell Wilson, but it's certainly my antennas are up there uh, to what might happen. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in a tough spot as far as building their team with more players. Hey, they got Bobby Wagner. They could dangle him if they wanted to. He's been there for a while, and maybe now is the time to think about maximizing what you can get for him and moving on. I, nothing against Bobby Wagner. I'm just trying to think of recognizable names that maybe another team would be interested in bringing into their team. But Russell Wilson, I don't think, will be traded. The more we talked about it, look, I, I, I think that Jack Del Rio is hearing something that he felt sufficiently comfortable with to talk about it publicly. But I could see it maybe next year, but this year I just it it just yeah, it doesn't dicey. make sense. Right. In part because there aren't a lot of suitors out there. At the end of the day, I think the Giants are the only team, and I don't know that the Giants would even be interested, especially because you got to trade for him and then you have to pay him, and then you got to part ways with with Eli Manning in a fairly unceremonious way. Whereas if you're gonna make a run at Russell Wilson, just do it next year. Right. Once you 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 more naturally cut the cord 
on Eli Manning. All right. Uh, however it plays out, the draft is happening in 15 days, and we saw the names yesterday of the 23 players who will be attending the draft in Nashville. And Chris, th- this is one of my crusade topics. I I think that the NFL players, future NFL players who are invited to the draft, should get paid some sort of an appearance fee. It should be more than just We'll set you up in a hotel. We'll pay for your travel. We'll, we'll let you bring family members. I mean, th- these are the stars of the reality show. And if they all say we're not coming, it's a far less compelling event on that first night of the draft if there's nobody to walk out and give the commissioner a bear hug. And we've had the, the number one overall pick each of the last two years not be there in person for the draft. Miles Garrett two years ago and Baker Mayfield last year. But I really do think the time has come. It's more than come. It's, it's long overdue for some sort of an appearance fee to be paid to these guys to ensure that they will be there and, and they'll be treated fairly for a change. I know they're going to sign their contracts eventually and then get paid, but it, it just feels right that on the night when their professional careers kind of unofficially begin, they should be getting a paycheck for being there and adding to the overall experience. Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. Uh, I do, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I mean, first of all, you're there because it's a special time in your own life. Your dream is about to come true, and you're about to be the face of a franchise, of an organization, an NFL football team, and you're going to get to go on stage and hold a jersey and put a hat, and they're going to go, look at this. We could have drafted any of these thousands of players that are out there in college football, and we drafted you, and there are people Appearance fee, I get you because they are an important part of the show, but at the same time, you know, I would argue, okay, but they're getting free airtime on TV, facial recognition, none of these things they've ever had in their life on one of the most watched programs in all of spring TV at the time too. So they are benefiting from that as well to where they're going to get more TV appearances or uh, other paid appearances because you're the first round pick and, oh, we saw him on TV on during the draft. He's a good interview and he's a good looking guy or whatever it may be to where I don't know if I necessarily agree with you on that one, big guy. You know, for a guy who comes off as counterculture, you really have been brainwashed, man. They, you let them lead you around by the nose on this stuff where they take advantage of people. I mean, all the arguments you're making, Chris, look, when you watch the draft on that first Thursday night, ask yourself whether anyone you see on screen other than the fans in attendance isn't getting paid to be there. And you could make the same argument. Well, you know, you're getting plenty of, of airtime. You could make the argument for everybody on the ABC and ESPN coverage. Well, you know, Robin Roberts, you're, co- you're co-hosting the main coverage on ABC. And, uh, you know, even though we're asking you to work extra, you really shouldn't ask to get paid anymore because this is great exposure for you. That's I mean, a that's bull, not the cra- way the, bull crap example. They're employed the by the, the company and they already have a contract that works with that company to be on TV specifically. So that was a horrible example. But go on with your bad point. I think I I think that these kids should get paid, and I encourage them all to stand up and push back. And and the, just the idea that you said their dream comes true, it really shouldn't be a dream come true to be arbitrarily selected by what? a business in one of 32 different cities to say, here's where you're going to work and live for the next four years, whether you want to be on this team or not, whether you want to live in this city or not, whether your family is 10 miles or 10,000 miles away or not. I That's my other crusade 
great point. I think there shouldn't even be a draft. I think the players should get to pick where they're going to play, just like you got to pick where you That's played right. college yeah, football yeah, where, where before can you, go you changed your mind. Oh, all 32 guys in the first round wanted to pick and play for the New England Patriots. The rest of the hey, league is some... screwed, and everybody's on New England. I mean, you know no, that's not how it would work. That's another you know that's horrible not how it idea work. by you. Well, it you know that's not how it would work. Chris, you're going to go to the place where you think you can play. So nobody's right? going go to go like, to like the cities that are deemed not as cool either. So that, that's not going to be good either. What, are we going to have like a 10-team league? I mean, it's going to be a- – Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Free agency has been around for 25 years now. The, the players go to Cleveland. The players go – to Nashville. I'm just throwing out cities that may not be viewed as, you know, the hip and, and uh, you know, for a young guy who wants to, you know, go to the club and go to the beach and go do this and go do that. I mean, there, there are plenty of boring cities out there that have great football teams. Green Bay, how would you get anybody to go to Green Bay? They go in free agency. That That's, look, that, that, is, that is a red herring that gets thrown out there to justify using the draft as a way to ensure competitive balance. I guarantee you that, that without a draft, the good teams would still be the good teams. The bad teams would still be the bad teams. And you would have great players who would choose to play for quote-unquote bad teams because those teams would pay them more money. I mean, you deal with you do the salary cap, you do a rookie wage scale, or a rookie salary pool. There is a way to ensure it just, that it's, the... It, it, that, but the, I, what, the New England Patriots, let's just take them for example. If they had a lot of salary cap space, okay, now they can make a play for the number one player in the draft, even though they were the best team in football last year too. That just you can, you can make a play right. for the top free agent. All your points they, they have, have been ridiculous. No, no, but Chris, I mean, it's every, an honor to Chris, be drafted in the NFL draft. These kids, it's is not their an dream. honor. It's, it's an honor. Not an Ask honor. Ask anybody. They are brain- Brainwashed. You've been brainwashed. It's no, not an honor. I have not. To be forced to go to a city you it's may a want, not want to live in. It's a dream come true. And all these kids yeah. are going, damn, I'm going to get to go start a new life in a new city that a team that wants me and they're going to play. They're going to pay me money finally to play football. You're insane in the membrane, okay? Insane in the brain. Think about this. You're, you're a high school senior. And instead of getting to pick where you want to play college, you get drafted by a college program. Would that be an honor? Yeah, it could be. I mean, gosh, okay. No, oh, no. You know it's not. Well, why? You know it's not. I, I mean, again, okay, if we're going to have like 32 elite colleges and you're going to go, oh, okay, Michigan's going to take me, Ohio State, Texas, Notre Dame. I mean, there's worse things in life. But You've again, been drafted by West Virginia. That's not the scenario. They won't be the top 32 teams in college football, so I don't have to worry about being drafted by West Virginia. <laughs> But 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 here here here's the point. It is so baked in that this is an honor to be drafted. It it at the at the at the core. I mean, think of it this way. Let's say let's say you desperately wanted to play for the New York Giants and they needed a quarterback in two thousand three, and that and you wanted to live in New Jersey and you want to play for the Giants. Shouldn't you be allowed to make that choice? Shouldn't that be the way that it is? Isn't that more of an honor getting to pick which team you want to play for and you negotiate your contract and they have devices in place to protect the teams and to ensure some sort of competitive balance so you know the, the bad teams have more money available? I, I just think that that, that that is far more honorable than saying we're going to yank a kid away from his family or make a kid live in a place where he doesn't want to live, in a place where he doesn't know anybody, and he gets caught up in this machinery, and we've convinced them all it's an honor. My point is that it really isn't an honor. It's it's a, it's a way to, to try to help bad teams become good teams, and 
over the years, if anything, we've learned that, that that really doesn't make a difference. The Patriots still continue to be one of the best teams, picking low in the draft every year. And uh, maybe it shows that it, there really isn't a correlation, Chris, between where you are in the pecking order and what kind of a team you're going to have. That would be another reason to not even do well, it. Well, we're seeing a great competitive balance in the NFL. It's just one team. I mean, and again, it's just we can't compare anybody to the New England Patriots. I mean, again, Bill Belichick is such on another level than the rest of football. I mean, I feel like really just here in the last year or two, teams are finally like starting to copy, you know, the New England Patriots a little bit and going how they're building their team. I I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles got the memo a few years back where they just said, okay, we're going to acquire assets and we're going to build through quantity and not always throw money at quality and things like that. I think the Seattle Seahawks are a team that have noticed that as well. It's not always about having a top 10 pick. It's about believing in our scouting and our research. And we do that. And we're going to go for quantity of players to build our teams, not always the top end quality guys. And so New England, England, uh, you know, they, they're going to ruin a lot of arguments and things like that because they're just so special, Belichick special, and then he's got a special quarterback to go along with it, and they debunk a lot of the uh, systems or, or numbers that are out there because they're just on a different level. Well, whatever the rules are, with Bill Belichick, they're going to figure out how to work them to their biggest advantage, yep. and there will always be teams at the other end of the spectrum that you can give them every advantage under the sun, and they're still not going to be able to figure it out. And look, the bottom line is the draft's not going anywhere. As it becomes bigger and bigger, there's no way the NFL would ever give it up, although it would be very compelling to have all the top prospects gathered in a room getting an appearance fee to be there to bring it back to where we started <laughs> with the hats in front of them, the the brand new new era draft hats. I got the Cowboys. I got the Falcons. I got the Dolphins. Which one am I going to put on? That, that would be a hell of a lot more interesting than what we currently see, but that would give up control. And the NFL is never going to give up control, especially if they can brainwash people like you into thinking it's an honor to be controlled. Absolute honor to play in the NFL and be drafted. I don't care who it is. And most kids, every kid, they all think the same thing because their dream is to be playing in the NFL and they're just happy to get there and that a team wants them because it's very limited. It's one in how many thousands of kids that get to go and play in the NFL. It is a special. It is honor. So eat that and let's move on to the next subject. No, we're going we're gonna to call it because uh, we have other things to do. But okay. let me just say this one last thing. <laughs> to the extent got... that it is an honor, I want the last word. It would be an even greater honor if, if not only playing in the NFL entailed getting to choose the team you play for, getting to choose to play for the team that, not necessarily that your dad played for, but just the team your dad rooted for, the team your family rooted for, the team that's five minutes away from the house you grew up in, right? Saquon Barkley, his dad has Jets logo tattooed on his arm. If Barkley could have chosen to play for the Jets, he would have. That's the way it should be. So it's an honor to be in the NFL, but we get it all twisted around. The NFL isn't in the business of handing out you know, wishes to people. The NFL is looking for the best possible players. They, they, they profit from the honor that is bestowed upon letting guys play in the NFL. So that's my point. Whatever honor is in being drafted, there's a greater honor if you would be able 
to honor your your father's legacy, your your the, the your 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 childhood because this is the team that you rooted for, and you get to make your choice about how you're going to live your life. And it really astounds me, Chris, for everything I know about you, that you don't support that more than you do because you strike me as somebody at your core that would be a believer in letting people determine their own fate, determine their own destiny, and make their own decisions about where they're going to live and where they're going to work. Yeah, you know, listen again. There, there, there's some things, sir. Certainly, okay, in a perfect role but you're just you're going down a wormhole of things where you know it's just not realistic and the big market teams are going to dominate that way or the teams that are on top and have the best coaches whatever it may be I don't know but the way that's set up is being it's very successful the players are honored to get there they're getting paid a lot of money I'm not worried about things like this as far as uh, what the players are being cheated out of that that to me is not this is the most competitive league in our country for a reason and it's because some of the rules are set up the way they are with draft free agency and salary cap so I think you're wrong there 100 percent uh and I had another point that I was going to make but I can't remember now because I've been listening to you blabber so long you know you know how you always mentioned the the mind blown emoji from time to time I need an emoji that is a brainwash emoji where you lift the brain out of the shell and like put it in a tub and scrub it with soap. Yes, do that to yourself you later are today. Easily, you are easily brainwashed, and I'm going to start figuring out how to use that to my advantage one of these days. All right, that's it for today's PFTOT. Check out Chris Sims Unbuttoned later today. I'll probably do another edition of PFTPM. I don't know. If I feel like it, I'll do it. But I do feel like posting content at profootballtalk.com all day long. Chris figured out the formula. It's cut, paste, and snarky comment. I'm going to go do that for a while. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow with another edition of PFT Live, you prick. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> Am I allowed to say prick? Yeah, you oh, said well. it. Okay. We said it. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya, prick. See ya, jerk. <laughs>